from Radio 81, WEDO, and TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers, 30 Minutes, a new weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media, Incorporated. I'm Jason Toger, the Executive Director. Over the coming weeks, we're hoping to spend a little bit of time talking one-on-one with elected officials, community volunteers, and other folks who are trying to make a difference in the Monyoc area. And we're hoping to take your questions, too, on Facebook and on Twitter at Tube City Online. Good morning from Radio 81 WEDO and TubeCityOnline.com. Last week we talked with Dan Burns from the Mifflin Township Historical Society about their new museum and the former West Mifflin Police Station up on Green Springs Avenue. This week we are the other side of the Monongahela. We're going to go to Braddock in particular, Braddock's Field, uh, which is sort of on the border there between Braddock and North Braddock Boroughs. My guest here this morning on Radio 81 WEDO and TubeCityOnline.com is an old friend, Bob Messner. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Jason. How are you? Good. And I should just, uh, you know, I try to be honest with the with the listeners and the readers, and I should just, uh, you know, you, you and I have known each other for a long time. Uh, we sit together on the board of the uh, McKeesport Heritage Center and the G.C. Murphy Company Foundation, so I am, I am hardly an unbiased interview in this uh, process. Well, I need all the help I can get. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you have a formal title there at the Braddock's Battlefield History Museum? Well, I suppose uh, I'm normally referred to as the director uh, I, I am pretty much the uh, the primary uh, volunteer and operator of it. Uh, we have no uh, employees, uh, which makes our organization uh, chart rather uh, clean. What is the Braddock's Battlefield? The, the, the correct title is Braddock's Battlefield History Museum, correct? Braddock's Battlefield History Center. Center, excuse me. Yes, and we are located uh, at 609 6th Street in North Braddock. Uh, most of the battle that that took place here many years ago uh, occurred in North Braddock, uh, and uh, so that's why we uh, located the, the History Center here. Uh, the History Center is located uh, right where the battle first started, where the French and Indians coming out from Fort Duquesne encountered the advance guard of the Braddock Expedition, which had just uh, come across the Monongahela River and marched diagonally up the, uh, the hill and uh, the battle starts right where the history center is located. Let's 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 pause this for just a second. Uh, what days and hours are you open there? Uh, yes, we are open on Saturdays and Sundays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays, all from noon until four p.m. What is your telephone number there? Our telephone number is four one two two seven one. 0800. And is there a website that uh, people can, can check you out at? Yes, uh, we have a website at www.braddocksbattlefieldhistorycenter.com. That's easy enough <clears throat> to remember. And you were on 6th Street. Um, if people are coming from, the, the radio station is in McKeesport, but I know we have listeners elsewhere. Uh, if they're coming, let's say, from the Rankin Bridge, they'd come down Braddock Avenue and, and uh, turn where? There's a red light there and at 6th Street. And then turn left up 6th Street. Now, the bizarre thing about some of the streets here in this area is that uh, 6th Street is 6th Street until it gets to the top of the hill, uh, and then it starts down the other side by the Braddock Hills Shopping Center. Center. 
and it becomes Yost Boulevard so, at that point. So if they're coming from the Route 30 area from, say, North for Sales or Forest Hills or, or any other area out there, they could come up Yost Boulevard and the same thing. They, they'll, they'll go right past your museum. That is correct. Uh, okay, so let's go back to when we talked to Dan Burns last week from the Mifflin Township Historical Society. He said one of the, uh, the possessions in their collection are, is a French coin uh, that someone found recently on the West Mifflin side of the Monongahela River um, that dates to the era of the, the French and Indian War. What, what, what was the French and Indian War, first of all? Good question. Uh, the French and Indian War is a battle between the two greatest empires uh, in the 18th century, which were France and England. And this is about 20 years before the Declaration of Independence, so there is no such thing as the United States. But the French and the British both were recognizing that this thing in North America was an extraordinary uh, potential possession, and they began to struggle over who would uh, control and dominate North America. And the French and Indian War is really the beginning of that struggle, a struggle which later escalated into what was called the Seven Years' War in Europe, which Winston Churchill once said was the real First World War because it was fought all over the globe. But the French and Indian War was fought here in western Pennsylvania, at least this is where it started. And uh, it was a very, uh, a very important piece of our history, which we haven't done enough to, uh, to market and turn into a a tourism attraction. We're talking with Bob Messner. He's the director and, and founder and really the spark plug of the Braddock's Battlefield History Center in North Braddock on 6th Street, 412-271-0800 is their phone number. Uh, people tend to think, we think, if we think of all of American history, we think in terms of the American Revolution and we fought against the British. But uh, what you're saying is that 20 years before the American Revolution, there was no guarantee that we would be uh, independent from the British. We might be independent from the French. There were these colonies up the Atlantic coast um, that mostly were British colonies, but there were French settlements, there were some Spanish settlements, uh, and, and these were the big world powers of the time. These, this was the, the, the superpowers of, of the 18th century. You, uh, you stated that correctly, and the, the British were settled along the Atlantic seaboard, but they had hardly penetrated inland at all. The French, on the other hand, came in through the St. Lawrence River, and at the same time, they were all the way over to the furthest of the Great Lakes. And they were down in, in Louisiana. And they were in Louisiana, and a lot of this gets started by the French deciding to try to link up their North American possessions in what's now Canada mm -hmm. with their Louisiana possessions by building a string of forts initially down the Allegheny River, and then they hope to build them across the Ohio and down the Mississippi. This is the <laughs> reason why, of course, and, and maybe this is obvious, maybe it isn't, why there are so many French place names uh, when you go to upstate New York, or certainly in Quebec, where the provincial language is French, and why there are so many French speaking people and, and French Acadians in Louisiana, because these areas were initially in, in New England, upstate New York, uh, upper Canada, were settled by the French. That's correct. And, and the interesting thing is, we know that this was called the French and Indian War, because eventually the British win it. And so the winner gets the name the war. And as far as they were concerned, this was our war against the uh, French and the Indians. Uh, but it's, it's an extremely uh, interesting and important war, because if it had come out the other way, uh, we in the United States would probably be speaking French these days, and instead of having the British common law as a guide, 
we would probably have the, the French Civil Code. A lot of difference would be if, if this war had turned out the other way. The great humor columnist Dave Barry uh, once wrote that the reason that the British named it uh, the French and Indian War was to confuse generations of American kids who would think that the war was between the French and the Indians. <laughs> We're, we're ta- well, I, I think that confusion has existed. We're talking with Bob Messner. He's the director and founder of the Braddock's Battlefield uh, History Center, which is between North Braddock and Braddock. So I want to get a little bit into the mechanics of, of how the museum got started and, and, and your passion uh, for this history. But th- this battle starts in what? The, the, the war starts, first of all, what year? This, this war really starts in 1754. This battle occurs in 1755. And, and who's this character, George Washington, who visits uh, McKeesport and what is now the, the Braddock area in the West Mifflin area a few years before that. that is, that's really the most significant thing about the battle that occurs here. And also, it's also our greatest omission here in western Pennsylvania. Uh, in his early years, his early 20s, George Washington was, was fascinated by this area out here. He was doing surveying. He was uh, sent up here on several occasions by the governor of Virginia to do various things. And, and he, he really has a deep love for the, for the western Pennsylvania area, which was the frontier in those days. It was America's first frontier. And Washington was one of the few people that had ever been here and had any idea what it was like out here, which is what attracted him to General Braddock, uh, who eventually made him his personal aide. And, and General Braddock was a was a British general. I, I, again, I say this is obvious, but maybe it isn't to folks. There's, there is no America. There is no United States. Uh, George Washington is an officer in, in the British militia, correct? Yeah, well, that's right. He was a member of the uh, militia of Virginia. Okay, which is a and, British colony. And, and everybody at that time in the uh, American, in what we now regard as the United States, regarded themselves as British subjects. Uh, and it was only uh, 20 years later that we get to the point where these uh, British subjects, uh, the colonists, decide to overthrow the British reign. We're talking this morning with Bob Messner. He is the director and founder of the Braddock's Battlefield History Center. Their phone number is 412-271-0800. And give us your website address again. www.braddocksbattlefieldhistorycenter.com Let's, We're going to pick this up in about 30 seconds. That'll give our listeners time to uh, get a scone and tea. Uh, you're listening to Radio 81, WEDO, and TubeCityOnline.com. We'll be right back. <laughs> Tube City Online has reached a critical point in our history where we need to raise money from the public to continue providing information both online and on the radio. If you can help by making a donation, we would very much appreciate it. Go to our website, TubeCityOnline.com, and click the Donate button. And thanks for supporting independent media in the Monioc area. Back here on Radio 81 WEDO and TubeCityOnline.com. We're talking with Bob Messner. He is the director and founder and, and really the uh, catalyst behind the Braddock's Battlefield History Center. And uh, you are open Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays? That is correct, from noon until 4 p.m. Now, this is open not just to the general public, but you take school tours as well, right? Yes, we're always delighted to, to uh, reach out to uh, the students. And uh, that has been a bit of a problem, though, because the cutback in financing to the schools has reduced the number of tours that they have been taking in the last couple of years. But 
we uh, we can't wait until they start up again. Hopefully, with more funding. So the, the field trips are okay. I would assume church groups or uh, senior citizens yes, groups. We have we have groups of seniors. We have church groups. Uh, we have all kinds of groups that we're we're delighted to make special arrangements for. And and for group tours, we will come in on days other than the ones we're normally open. So you could get a private tour if you have a a, a group coming in a high school reunion or, or church that's, group or something. That's correct. Yeah. Is there an admission fee? Yes, we charge adults five dollars. Uh, for uh, people from ages seven to fifteen, it's uh, three dollars, and uh, age six and under are free. Okay. We were when we took the break there. We were talking about this uh, young officer in the in the Virginia militia who who was a British citizen uh, by the name of George Washington, and he's fascinated with this area. What's, what's, what's so fascinating about this western Pennsylvania area? Well, for one thing, uh, young Washington uh, was a land speculator, and he uh, was, was interested in accumulating wealth, which he did not have at this time, uh, through the acquisition of lands, which he hoped uh, probably to sell off to other people to make his fortune. Why, why was this land so important? This was just woodland out here. I mean, there were no, there were a few scattered people here and there. There were obviously uh, the, the Native Americans, the Aboriginal uh, folks here, and, and some French trappers and whatever. But why, why was this land so interesting to people? Well, as increasing numbers of English settlers came to the, uh, the coastal areas, it became clear that there was going to be a movement to the west. Now, nobody was sure how far the west extended, but they knew that there was a lot of land out here. And they also knew that it was, it was land speculation, that if, if a person acquired uh, a land, and we're talking about thousands of acres out here uh, that, that some of them acquired, uh, that they could become exceedingly wealthy as soon as the, the settlement pushed out this way. The, the, I would think, though, that these rivers also became very important when the primary mode of transportation was, was canoes or flatboats. Well, you have to uh, remember that at this time there was not a single good map of this area. Okay. And the most that anybody had were some pencil drawings by people like Washington or Christopher Gist that showed rivers and streams, but that was about the only markers that, that existed out here that, that were... Uh, uh, put down on, on hand-drawn maps. What, was it known to folks at, at the time, and we're talking the 1750s, that these rivers ultimately flowed into the, to the Mississippi? Uh, it, was, it was known uh, to some people. It was particularly known, by the way, to the French. Sure. Uh, because they were the ones that sent the first uh, expeditions uh, down the Allegheny, across the Ohio, and down the, uh, the Mississippi. And they put lead plates along the way, cover, uh, claiming the whole area for the French. We're talking with Bob Mester from the Braddock's Battlefield History Center, uh, located in North Braddock on 6th Street, or if you're coming from the other direction, uh, it's Yost Boulevard, which then becomes 6th Street. Their phone number is 412-271-0800, and they are open Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sunday afternoons until 4 o'clock. So... George Washington comes out here, he does the surveying, he goes back home to Virginia, and then a couple years later, the, the, this war breaks out. And what is the war fought over? Well, what, was, what is the catalyst for the war? Fought over uh, George Washington, because on, uh, on uh, his, uh, his first trip up here, he was sent to go from Alexandria, Virginia, all the way up to next to uh, Lake Erie, um, to Fort LaBeouf, where he was to deliver a message from Governor Dinwiddie of Virginia telling the French to get out of that area and to stop building these forts, which they had constructed uh, at Fort LaBeouf, at Fort Michaud near present-day Franklin, Pennsylvania, and finally at the point in, in Pittsburgh that were tr- was troubling uh, Governor Dinwiddie of Virginia, 
who, by the way, was a member of the Ohio Company, which had a grant from the King of England for thousands of acres of land in western Pennsylvania. So, so the, the, the King of England and the King of France, neither of whom had ever seen any of this land, and, and as you pointed out, there wasn't even a good map. They didn't even know how much land there was. But, but the kings uh, of England and, and France are sitting there handing out claims on property that they've never seen, that they don't know how much property there is, but they, they know that th- there's valuable property out there, that there's land that can be farmed, there's lumber that can be cut down, and, and there are potentially there are rivers that can be uh, uh, floated on, and fishing and trapping can happen. Well, and, and they were perfectly willing to uh, to make grants to any of their loyal subjects who wanted them, even though they had no idea of, of what was out here. But uh, the Ohio Company, as I say, had this enormous grant, and Washington was interested in being out here because he wanted to stake his own personal claim out here. Uh, Washington's relatives had been in members of the Ohio Company, but uh, young uh, George was not uh, not part of that group, but he was in a way, acting uh, for the entire Ohio Company when he was here. And the governor of Virginia is sitting on one of these pieces of paper. It's like a deed to property uh, that, that, that he owns, and he, he sends George Washington, who's a member of the Virginia, what essentially would be the National Guard now, he, he sends him up to tell the French, beat it, this is, my, this is our land, get out. And, and when Washington gets up there, the, uh, the, the French officer uh, receives him uh, and, and uh, pretty much tells him what he can do with that piece of paper that he's <laughs> just, uh, uh, been given. And Washington then uh, leaves and returns. In the middle of December of 1753, he comes all the way back down the Allegheny, manages to fall from a raft in, into the uh, Allegheny River, only to be saved by Christopher Gist. Uh, the two of them uh, freeze on an island that night and make their way back here to where the Turtle Creek enters the uh, the Monongahela. So pre- present-day north, north for sales Braddock area. Yes, to, uh-huh. the, uh, to the cabin of John Frazier, a, a fur trader. And then Washington continues on down to Alexandria where he reports to Dinwiddie, who is obviously not pleased with Washington's uh, the failure of Washington's mission when Washington tells him what the French reaction was. So then uh, Dinwiddie tells Washington, well, you take the Virginia militia, turn around, and go on up, and you throw the French out of this Fort Duquesne in Pittsburgh uh, at the point. At, at what is present day, how many people were sort of living down there in what we now think of as a, the Golden Triangle of Pittsburgh? Any, anybody settled there? Uh, there? There were, the French were there, uh, probably not much more than 50 people at any given time. They had only recently arrived and had taken over the point from a an English group that had been starting to build a fort there, uh, and the French arrived down the river and took it over. Uh, but it was a, a relatively small group at the beginning, but they kept adding to it uh, over time, so this and as weather permitted. kind of a lonely military outpost. It would be the equivalent today of, of American soldiers being stuck in some island somewhere. What is now downtown Pittsburgh, but was then just woodland, and there's you know some French soldiers and a handful of uh, transients sort of coming in and out once in a while. Yeah, that's, I think that's a fair, uh, fair comment. Uh, and in any event, Washington was told to come up and throw the French out of there. So he starts with the Virginia militia, comes all the way up again from Alexandria. Um, he gets up as far as what we presently call Camp Jamonville, down in the Uniontown area. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a church camp there on top of the hill. And at that point, he encounters a French uh, scouting party, uh, and they have a skirmish, as a result of which uh, this Ensign Jumonville of the French uh, is wounded but not killed. Uh, as they're sort of 
trying to figure out what to do next, these two young officers with little experience. Uh, one of Washington's uh, Indians gets out of control and goes over and plants his tomahawk in the head of Ensign Jumonville, killing him. So this, many people feel, is the real beginning of the so-called French and Indian War. But in any event, one of uh, Jumonville's Indians makes it back to Fort Duquesne, where he tells them of this terrible thing that just happened out here uh, at, at the uh, near Uniontown. Uh, Jumonville's brother, Coulon de Villiers, leads a larger French and Indian force out to seek revenge against Washington for this, uh, and he gets that revenge by defeating Washington at the Battle of Fort Necessity. Let's, this let's, is in 1754. Let's take one more quick 30-second break, and we're going to, in, in, in our next installment, feel, feel like I'm in a cliffhanger uh, here in the old-time uh, radio show. Take a quick break, and we'll come back here with more with Bob Messner from the Braddock's Battlefield History Center there at 412-271-0800. And you are listening to Radio 81 WEDO and TubeCityOnline.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to Two Rivers, 30 Minutes. Support comes from the readers of TubeCityOnline.com and the Tube City Almanac, and we thank them for their support. If you'd like to contribute, please visit our website, call us at 412-614-9659, or email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com. We're back here on Radio 81, WEDO, and TubeCityOnline.com talking to Bob Messner. He's the director and founder of the Braddock's Battlefield History Center, 412-271-0800, or BraddocksBattlefieldHistoryCenter.com is the website? That's correct. And you are open Tuesdays and Wednesdays from noon until 4, and also Saturdays and Sundays from noon until 4. That's right. And, but they will do special appointments for, for tour groups. We were we were glad to do that. So when, when we when we left off here, uh, the French uh, army uh, in, in, in that was stationed in what is now Pittsburgh, but what is then was called Fort Duquesne, uh, is is seeking revenge for for the death of uh, one of their French officers. So so who comes out to to meet this battle? Uh, well, uh, Coulon Davier, the brother of Jumonville, leads this French and Indian force, and they do defeat Washington and his uh, band of uh, Virginia militia at uh, the Battle of Fort Necessity, uh, and Washington, uh, as a result, has to sign a document called a capitulation document. Uh, it's a terrible night. It's raining. Uh, he signs this, which is in French. He has a, a Dutch person who is his French translator, uh, and for whatever reason, the document contains uh, an admission uh, that Washington is the assassin of, of Jumonville. Mm. So from that point on, Washington's name is, is mud in the colonies, and he is the assassin, Washington the assassin. So he's terribly depressed, and he goes back to Virginia thinking of giving up his hopes of having a military career uh, and, and uh, just abandoning that and going to farming, which he wasn't interested in. It's at this point that he learns that this guy, General Edward Braddock, the first British general officer, uh, is, is going to be coming to North America to seize Fort Duquesne. And at that point, uh, uh, Washington uh, seeks to join up with General Braddock, hoping to learn some of the military lessons that he obviously didn't, uh, didn't know. 
Uh, and, and Braddock is glad to have Washington because Washington knows the area. Washington is glad to work with Braddock, but uh, Braddock has no official rank in the, in the Braddock expedition. He's simply a member of the general's personal staff. And what is critical here is this. Uh, in this battle that occurs on July 9th of 1755 and, here and in North Braddock. I was going to say, the, the, the big battle uh, was what later became the site of what General Braddock High School, wasn't it? That's Scott, correct. Okay. That's where the, the most of the fighting takes place. Okay. And, and in, this, in this battle, uh, the, the Braddock expedition of which Washington is a part is defeated. And all of the, most of the officers in the Braddock expedition are either killed or wounded or disgraced. Washington, on the other hand, comes through with an enhanced reputation because for some reason, although he was highly visible and brave during the battle, uh, he was one of the few officers who were not killed. Uh, although he had holes shot through his hat and his coat, and he had two horses shot from under him, uh, and it was said that he had tried to get General Braddock to allow the men to fight from behind trees the way the Indians were. In any event, uh, he was unsuccessful in doing that. But at the end of this whole thing, he comes out of this with an enhanced reputation. And why that's important is this is the last battle he fights in before he's named 20 years later to be the commanding officer of the American Revolution. So the step from Braddock's defeat and his rule here uh, to being named the commanding officer of the Revolution uh, is, is made possible by his bravery and his conduct here. And, and a couple of years earlier, he almost drowned in the Allegheny River. That's right. That could have been a very short career he would have had. So this is a very exciting story that people can learn about by coming to the Braddock's Battlefield History Center. When, when we started talking here uh, earlier in the half hour, you were mentioning that it's a story that people around here don't really know. It has not really been uh, told very well, you said. And, and, and that's our fault as Western Pennsylvanians. Uh, I, for example, was appalled to find out that uh, the, when I was uh, raised uh, on the border between McKeesport and White Oak, it was on what was the Monongahela camp, or the last camp of the Braddock expedition. And so that, that really shocked me and, and made me want to know more. And, and the more that I tried to find out about it, the more I, I couldn't understand why, as significant as this event is in American colonial history, why there wasn't a major uh, history center uh, here, or a, a, some kind of a battlefield uh, monument and with tourists coming all the time. And that's what started me 20 years ago to uh, to try to cure that uh, that shortage. So what sort of things that can people see when they come there to the center in, in, on, in North Braddock? Well, we have over 250 genuine artifacts from the Braddock expedition and from the battlefield. We also have about 50-some uh, paintings and maps of the Braddock expedition and the battle. And also we have a, a video room in which we show either a basic video for people who haven't been here before, or we have nine additional videos of the French and Indian War period uh, for people who are repeats. When you say artifacts, are, are we talking uh, weapons, uniforms? What sort of things are we talking about? The only things that last 260 years, which is what we're talking mm -hmm. about, is, is really iron or glass. Sure. Other things that have deteriorated by this time. So a lot of what we have are things that would be uh, utensils, uh, they would be hard things. They were basically the product of blacksmiths, sure. who, who were the most critical people in a colonial uh, environment. And so a lot of them are those. We also have a lot of them are parts of, uh, of musket, and uh, we, we have uh, some unusual items that we're still trying to figure out uh, exactly uh, what their, their origin is. So it's 
we have we have mysteries here in addition to as I say, uh, over 250 genuine artifacts. And we have only about a minute left. Um, give us the, the, the quick, like, 30-second commercial here. Uh, why, why should people want to come down to see the Braddock's Battlefield History Center there? Well, it is the newest uh, French and Indian War site in western Pennsylvania, and it tells the story of, of the most interesting battle and perhaps the most famous battle in the French and Indian War, and it hasn't been told this way before. So we would really encourage you. We're in a beautiful building that used to be a, a Pontiac dealership, but we've converted it thanks to the, a wonderful architect, and it's a, it's a nice, light, clean building, and uh, we, welcome, uh, we welcome your visits. Uh, the Braddock's Battlefield History Center is, is on 6th Street in North Braddock. You can, uh, if you're getting there from Route 30, you can go up Yost Boulevard. If you're coming from the Rankin Bridge uh, area or from the Turtle Creek area, you come up 6th Street in Braddock. The telephone number is 412-271-0800. The website is braddocksbattlefieldhistorycenter.com. And you are open Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays from noon until 4. Do I have that correct? You have it correct, sir. My guest this morning here on Radio 81, WEDO, and TubeCityOnline.com has been Bob Messner. He is the director and founder and uh, probably the tour guide that you will encounter uh, when you visit the Braddock's Battlefield History Center. Bob, thank you so much for talking with us this morning. Thank you for giving uh, a chance to tell our story, and we appreciate it. And thank you, folks, for listening to Radio 81, WEDO, and TubeCityOnline.com. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright 2014, Tube City Community Media Incorporated, and produced in cooperation with Radio 81 WEDO. If you'd like to subscribe to the program, you can find us on Apple's iTunes and at Stitcher.com. Opinions expressed during Two Rivers 30 Minutes are those of the participants and are not those of Tube City Community Media or WEDO Radio, 810 Incorporated. Questions or comments, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is P.O. Box 94, McKeesport, PA, 15134. You can call us at area code 412-614-9659 or email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline.